Buenas and half a day to our listeners on Guam and in the CNMI. It's now time for Total Health right here on Joy FM Radio, where your questions get answered by health professionals. If you have any health-related questions, we would love to hear from you. Call your questions and comments in at 472-1111 or text or WhatsApp 686-9999. If you're in the CNMI, please call 323-1113. Welcome everybody to Total Health. Hello and half a day. Welcome to Total Health. My name is Rose Trina Aladak, and today I'm in the studio with Elena Tanova, a nurse practitioner at the Guam SDA Clinic. And today's topic is part eight of 13 Weeks to Joy, entitled Crazy Compassion. Hi, Elena. Hi, Rose Trina. I'm so happy to be here and so happy that we can continue our series on 13 Weeks to Joy mm-hmm. for those of, one, those of us that have at some point in our life lost our joy yeah. or those of us that have regained the joy, how we can keep the joy and how we can live joyfully forward. And so today the topic is called actually crazy compassion. Yeah. And you will say compassion, okay, but why crazy? Like there is nothing crazy about compassion. You know, because we assume compassion is a good thing. Maybe Mm -hmm. we wish we are more compassionate, but compassion by all means is something that triggers a lot of admiration in us. But sometimes when we show more compassion than the average person will show, we're considered crazy, right? I think so. Right? When people say, oh, you're too nice, like they say it like it's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. Yeah. Like if you're really going there out of your way, not thinking about yourself first, it is considered something like derogative, like something not really right. Mm -hmm. You should be putting yourself first and then thinking about the others. And so that's why the chapter is called Crazy Compassion. What do you think? Was Jesus crazy showing compassion? I think by that definition, yeah, because Jesus came to this earth and then he died for us. Right. Nothing stopped him. He was crazily compassionate to us. Mm -hmm. He would do anything to save this humankind. And for some reason, we think that we deserve the right ourselves not to give as much compassion. We have some negative connotation about compassion that if you give too much, people will walk over you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? You're going to suffer consequences. We say there is no good that hasn't been punished, right? Yeah. And so we do have this uh, attitude towards compassion that it shouldn't be something that should exercise all the time or you have to be very selective to whom you give that compassion because not everybody deserves it. Did Jesus have that thinking? No. Right. So I think it's time for us to reconsider what compassion is. So what is compassion? It comes from the Latin and it comes like compassione. And so somebody will say, yeah, that means with passion. Yeah, but passion actually means suffering. You know, passions of Christ. The movie, the passions of Christ. It means the suffering of Christ. It means suffering. I didn't know that. Right. We have a different connotation today, uh, which is still okay. Mm -hmm. You know, because suffering is part of our journey. The moment we embrace that suffering is what we really need to go through in order to become who we need to be. 
and we will talk about that in our third sections <laughs> section um, we we will completely um, reframe the way we view the world so it is with suffering or suffering with so it means that if I see you struggling right now I just don't look at you and say oh wow you struggle a lot I look at you and I say wow what would I do in order to alleviate her struggle right now mm -hmm. and then I suffer with you yeah this is what compassion means with suffering so you suffer with somebody you suffer with somebody you share the burden you share the pain Jesus says share each other's burdens you know it's not only yours to carry it only your cross it's not only mine like let's help each other Let's carry each other's crosses. You know, we can't. God is the only one that can do that. But he wants us to take part in that. Yeah. Um, I was very blessed this week. Um, I was very tired from work. Didn't want to go home and cook. So I decided to go to a um, sushi bar. I love sushi, vegetarian sushi. <laughs> so as I went there, I saw a girl that was begging for food in front of the restaurant. She looked at me and she's like, hey... I am very hungry, I'm homeless. Is there a way that you can buy me a meal? And so f at first, I, I, I looked at everybody around me looking at me like how I'm gonna react to that. Mm -hmm. Like they, they were expecting me to say I'm sorry or something like that. <laughs> and I said, okay, she's not asking me for money that she can spend them in the wrong way. She's asking me for food. Mm -hmm. so I can buy her a meal. And I said, oh, yeah, I can buy you a meal. I'm like, I told her I'm sorry. I. I mainly eat vegetables and I would feel more comfortable buying you a vegetarian meal. Would that be okay? She said, yes, what about vegetarian pizza? I said, yeah, of course, sounds good. And she said, what about if I buy two, one for me and one for my sister? And so everybody around me started looking at me like, she's too nice if she says yes. Mm. And I'm like, no problem, you can have two pizzas. And then we sat on the table, started talking. Of course, she shared with me her painful life you know, her difficulties, but she, she was very reasonable. And mm -hmm. uh, I really felt for this girl. What was interesting, Rosie, is that as I was sitting and talking to her, somebody came behind me and left me a note on the table and walked away. Mm. So I was thinking that the note will contain something like, um, oh, you don't know this person. She's taking advantage of you. I, I honestly thought that I'm going to be perceived in that way because this is how the society sees compassion or like uh, empathy to others. So you know what it was written on the note? It was written like that. You are a very good person. Thank you for helping this girl. Full stop. Me and my wife, we work in a salon, hair salon, and we would like to offer you a free haircut. Oh, wonder. That's why you had a haircut. <laughs> okay. Oh, Isn't that so wonderful? Nice. Isn't yeah. it wonderful when humans are humans? Yeah. When we do the human things, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. the, the, the beautiful things that God has given us. Like if I help you and you help somebody else and somebody helps somebody else until somebody else helps me, would that world be so much better? Yeah. Why, why, why are we so self-centered? It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't bring us any good. True. You know, um, we'll never have it all together. We'll always get to a point that we need help. Why don't we offer that help? In our best moments, in our difficult moments, there is not a moment that you can be so oppressed that you will be deprived completely of the opportunity to help somebody else. 
Yeah. No matter what you're going through. There is another thing that when we're going through a lot of pain, somehow it can turn off our compassion. Um, I can't say genes, but our compassion trend. It can, it can turn it off. Yeah. When you're so much in pain and you're struggling so much, it might actually blind you for the suffering of others. And if somebody says, look, that person suffers so much, you was like, so what? I suffer too. And so it is difficult. And it takes a skill to embrace compassion in a moment when you really struggle. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, it says whatever doesn't kill you and makes you stronger. But the more compassion you show, the easier it gets. Yeah. And actually, it has so many benefits that this is the way to go. Many people try to avoid it because it will bring some harm. But actually, research shows that the more compassion you show, the more resilience you have. And easily you can bounce back from any difficulties you might face. And the more fruitful, successful, and deeper your life would be. The quality of your life would certainly increase. And we'll talk more about compassion benefit. So compassion is something certainly that we need to embrace with two hands. And it is that good that I wonder why we don't teach our kids why we don't teach medical providers <laughs> to be compassionate. I remember the time that somebody told me, you know, I went to the doctor and I told the doctor, doctor, I have a problem. Nobody pays attention to me. And the doctor said, next. And, and, and you know, and I have been, I have been to doctors when I tell them my problems and I see this misunderstanding. It's like, okay, I don't have time for that now. Uh, can we move on? to the practical stuff, right? Yeah. And I made a point to myself, I will never be that provider. Like if somebody comes and has genuine concern, I don't want to be that person that I wouldn't listen mm -hmm. to what they need in that moment. Of course, somebody would say, yeah, but that's why, you know, you're so behind. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it does, it does have, uh, you know, challenges by your means. But then this is the way I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life superficially mm -hmm. just to be on time. I want to make change in somebody's life. That's why I became a provider. I want to make a change. Yeah. And if that person needs something else than what I foresee in that moment, then there it be. Let me attend to their needs. So um, the, the chapter starts with the story of a woman. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll get back to the story we'll, after. We'll get back to the story, correct. Yeah. Um, to everybody that's listening, thank you for listening. This is part eight of 13 Weeks to Joy. It's not done every week, but it's done every second Wednesday of the month. This is part eight, and if you want to listen to the other parts, you can actually go back uh, on our Facebook page, Joy FM on Facebook. And you can just look through the videos and you'll see parts one through seven there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this break. What if you gave gifts to others on your birthday? What if you gave your next paycheck to a stranger in need? What if you got a new car and passed it on to a family without one? Sound out of the ordinary? It's what God does for you. 
He gives salvation and forgiveness when it isn't deserved. He gives life when sin should end it. His gifts are never convenient for Him, but always extended with purpose and love. Sound like a great offer? It should. From Joy FM, family-friendly radio, joyfmradio.net. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We ask ourselves that question on a regular basis. Have we arrived? Have we achieved all we can? Have we worked ourselves out of a job? How much longer? I'm tired. I wish I'd stayed home. Sometimes we get weary. We call out to God for help. We don't know how we can endure the distance between where we are and where God wants us to be. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We are not there yet. Perhaps that's the greatest reason we continue to exist. You and I are both on a journey, and the finish line is beyond our sight. But we'll keep walking with you, because we both need encouragement along the way. And anytime someone asks, Are we there yet? You can be confident that we're closer today than we've ever been. We'll keep walking together. From Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio, joyfmradio.net. You couldn't have a bake sale if no one baked. You couldn't have a craft show without those who create. You couldn't have Christian radio if no one gave. Our existence doesn't rest on a single contribution. We thrive on the gifts of many. We grow because those individuals have a personal interest in this ministry. You can't have a car wash without cars. You can't have a soup supper without broth. And we wouldn't be here without you. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. JoyFMRadio.net. See Joe's Mossy, and thanks for listening to Total Health on Joy FM. We want to hear from you. Call in with your health-related questions at 472-1111 in Guam or in the Sinai. The number to call is 323-1113. Text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, back to the show. Hi, and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina Aladak, and I'm in the studio today with Elena Tanava, nurse practitioner at the Guam SDA Clinic. For those of you who are just tuning in, this is part eight of our 13-part series uh, from a book called 13 Weeks to Joy by Jennifer Jill Schwarzer. We're not doing this every week. We're actually doing this every month. Um, And we started back in January. Now we're on part eight, the second Wednesday of the month, called Crazy Compassion. And before we went to break, we were actually going to read a story about a woman named Nicole. Yes, yes, Rosie. So that woman, she may appear like a typical housewife, but only the appearance. Mm. Somebody would say that behind everything that she's feeling, it's hiding a crazy woman. And I say that with a good connotation. So Nicole's grandfather, unfortunately, raped her repeatedly when she was just a small child. And during her remaining childhood and teens years, she tried to avoid the trauma, only to have it leaked in an extreme anxiety. She was wearing blue jeans to bed every night just to fend off any, you know, man that would attempt um, to have a contact with her. She was steering her cart away in a grocery store just when she sees a man standing Avoiding open spaces that expose her back. Like, really, that woman was living in agony. And she will be walking off the sidewalks when a man walked towards her. 
So she broke her story when she was a young adult. She mentioned it. She talked about it openly. She posted it online. And she was surprised that so many people reached out to her to say, me too, me too. And so her ministry started disseminating the, in the whole world. So many people started becoming more bold and like talking about that, like really uh, gathering each other, supporting each other, uh, so-called abuse survivors. They just made a leak and um, there is no day that she does not get a phone call. Mm -hmm. And sometimes this is how the author describes her life. So imagine Nicole. A housewife with jeans, T-shirt, no makeup, brown hair sticking to her forehead from the steam of lunch cooking on the stove with a cell phone wedged between her cheeks and shoulder, shouting to her boys in the backyard, do not eat that. And then speaking into the phone saying, OK, when did the rape occur? Let me get my laptop. She says, it's a demanding balancing act, trying to help all the people who contact me without cheating my family out of time. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It is. But she said, but I believe God gives wisdom and strength in answer to prayer for the tasks he asks us to do. And when I get wary, I always try to keep in mind where I might have been if no one had taken the time to help me. Right. Mm -hmm. So she understood that in a moment that she had no help. Now she does not want anybody else to be in that situation. Yeah. Have you been feeling like similar feelings in your life? I think, you know, when it comes to the point of like somebody else being in a situation and you don't want them in that situation. So you try to help them. For me, it's just seeing somebody else in a similar situation. Right. Yeah. It, and it's and so if, if it's something rings back home, wow, I've I've gone through that. I know how hard yeah. it is. And you know, this is this is all that that person needs. Sometimes right? just a hand of understanding. Yeah. So there are three ways um, that we can say that we can express our feelings of compassion towards someone. So the first one, it's sympathy. It's just an element of compassion. It's not complete compassion, but it's already a feeling of pity and sorrow for others' misfortune. You look on the TV, you see African kids, you feel so bad about them. You can choose to turn off the TV, you can choose to listen to the ad, you can choose to look at it, you can choose to look at the website, and then it will be up to you if you want to donate or not to donate. But sympathy is just comes from a place of goodwill, but it remains at a distance from the other. Because of that distance, it can become selfish as it focusing on my suffering in response to your suffering rather than your suffering. You say, oh, I felt so bad when I was looking at all those kids. I felt so bad when I saw all, all those animals being slaughtered. You know, you're focusing on your suffering because of the suffering mm, of somebody I else. I feel bad. Because, yeah, okay. it's, it's still on you, yeah. you know, when you have a sympathy. But I would prefer sympathy than no sympathy, mm -hmm. you know. So it's a step. And in sympathy, the sense of autonomy stays put first. Sympathy can blossom into empathy and compassion or it can go into complete apathy, like 
you really don't care yeah, about the situation, yeah. right? You can say, oh, there are so many kids all around the world. What about the kids in our own street? Okay, that's true. But do we do something for the kids in our own street? And then empathy takes a step even further. Um, so it, it means like you kind of vicariously experience the feelings of the other person. Yeah, where you almost live through them. You live through that. You know, yeah. you feel for them. Uh, yeah. You don't put the emphasis on you. You put the emphasis on them. And you're like, wow, that feels so bad. Like uh, you might have lost somebody close to you. And if I feel for you, I would just be there, the listening ear for you. I can share with you um, how I have lost somebody. And I, I can just encourage you if you have gone through this pain. So in empathy, I'm not simply feeling bad for you. I'm feeling your bad with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. And empathy dismantles my self-concern and joins me to you, relieving you of the isolating effect of your pain. Yeah. I share the pain. I, I take ownership of your pain. I don't see your pain as this is your pain. I say, this is your pain. Let me have part in it. When we were in Cambodia and we went to these um, massive killing fields where so many people have been slaughtered, uh, it was so shocking. You know, everybody just wanted to disappear because it was too much to handle. And um, the colleagues I went with, they were like, no, this is too much for me. I don't want to know. I wanted to run away. It was too painful for me. I said, no, this is little. We're just looking at it. We haven't even lost anybody here. You know, we haven't even experienced and we haven't gone through that. Um, I, I don't want to be removed through that. They've experienced so much pain. At least I can't really experience it. And thank God I don't have to. But I can be in that place and somehow feel for those people. So when once I feel empathy for you, I'm faced with a choice as to whether to take the next step of doing something about your struggle. And then this is where compassion comes. Yeah. So compassion takes action on sympathy and empathy. Compassion beats a path from the heart to the center of the head and chooses to do something about the struggle of someone's and compassion actualizes and channels the energy of intense emotions, funneling it through the tangible, measurable help. Empathy is a powerful force in politics and commerce. It says that former President Barack Obama said that empathy deficit in United States, <laughs> listen to that, that's really powerful, was a more serious problem than the budget deficit. Right? Isn't that yeah. wonderful, a president to tell you the problem of our country is not our monetary not, yeah. deficit, it's our lack of empathy. And uh, it says that his perceived greater empathy might have won him the election 2012 over Mitt Romney, while Hillary Clinton's cold and aloof public image may have cost her the election. I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just reading what the book says. But empathy uh, can sell. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, nowadays, if uh, empathy means big money, some people have big organizations, you know, getting money from uh, when they share what their problems are. Um, you know, 
it is so difficult to run an NGO. I'm not going to say where the monies are going. It is certainly very difficult to run an NGO. And I run myself one and I had to close it down because money were just not utilized correctly. When you see money that come like that, <laughs> you know, donations, you start building projects that um, n- not always benefit the the, the group that you're targeting the money for. So I had to close it. So I understand it's very, very difficult. But empathy means money to, today. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. you can manipulate empathy. You can take advantage of empathy. So, but simple emotional empathy may not be all that we need to make a difference in the world. Apparently, even rats can experience empathy. Did you know that? Mm-mm. We are not the only ones that can experience empathy animals as well and i'm sure you have seen many examples where the cat would take care of the dog or the dog for the oh, cat yeah, I've seen you that. know they also have empathy empathy is as um the lime um the lime um a dilemma no the Dalai Lama, <laughs> sorry the oh, the, the, the Dalai famous Lama. yes yeah. yes uh, he he says that um love and compassion are not a luxury, they are a necessity. Mm-hmm. And we, we think that it's a luxury. Like if you give a little bit more of an attention, maybe that's something extra. And so uh, one study in 2011 at the University of Chicago showed that a rat would release another rat from a cage without being given a reward. <laughs> you know, cute. if a rat can see another rat in a cage, we'll go and open because the rat feels bad for the rat. Yeah. And if this rat is given a chocolate or some food instead of going and open, open the cage, he will still open the cage first and then will take the chocolate and share it with the other rat. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I didn't know about that study, um, but I do hear the music. So we're going to go ahead and go to break. We're about halfway through today's program, so stay tuned. We've still got another 30 minutes. Um, if you're on Guam and you have a question, you want to call it in, call us at 671-472-1111. That's 671-472-1111. In the CNMI, call us at 670-323-1113. That's 670-323-1113. You can send us a message via text, via WhatsApp, via Signal at 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. And if you're tuned in via Facebook, just leave a message in the comment section below or send it to us via Messenger. Don't go anywhere. This is part eight of 13 Weeks to Joy called Crazy Compassion. And we'll be right back after this break. What you listen to does matter. We are affected so much by the things that we listen to. I just think, you know, what a great source to have that's positive, that's uplifting. When there's so much around me that's always trying to fight for my attention, that's not godly, that's not good. And over and over, he's just used it to get my attention and get my focus back on him and where it needs to be. We make a point of listening. That's part of our routine in the morning time, and and we love it. (laughs) Joy FM. Family Friendly Radio, joyfmradio.net.
Jesus was alone at Jacob's well when a woman arrived. She came alone. Jesus asked her for a drink, but she was a Samaritan. Most Jews treated them shamefully. The Samaritans expected a poor reception. This woman had never met Jesus, yet Jesus told her things about herself she would have preferred to remain hidden. He offered a life change she never believed possible. How could this Jewish man treat her better than the people in her own town? How could he know the shame of her past, yet still offer hope and help? Jesus brought the future to her today. He was more interested in mercy than justice, and it was his kindness that led to another life turned in the best possible direction. When you think your list of offenses are too long and your personal efforts are too short, remember the story of the outcast woman who found mercy when she met Jesus. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Total Health on Joy FM. Call in with your health-related questions to 472-1111 in Guam. If you live in the CNMI, we want to hear from you too. Call 323-1113 or text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. And now, here's more Total Health. Hi, and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina, and I'm in the studio today with Elena Tanova, nurse practitioner at the Guam SDA Clinic. And if you're just joining us today, um, we're actually talking about part eight of a 13-part series. Today's entitled Crazy Compassion. And before we went to the break, we were actually talking about how rats can show empathy. There was a study done in which the rats had shown that they would go and open the cage for another rat if they saw that that rat was caged. And even when given a reward, they would open the cage first and then split the reward. Right. Right. And I am very impressed. Like, if rats can have a compassion for the others, like, why not we? Mm -hmm. Why do we think that this is like an extra, like a a luxury, and uh, we will not really go freely and openly to be compassionate to others? You know, research shows lately that compassion has very good health benefits. The more compassion you show, as I said, you become more resilient. You bounce easily back. Yes, it does give you more burnout. Mm-hmm. It does give you like a emotional fatigue, and we'll talk about that. But at the same time, it brings you back much faster than if somebody is just like, I don't want to know, oh, this is too much for me, that's not my business. Those people, they push it, push it, push it, push it away until they really crash very hard. And then it's very difficult for them to come back. Yeah. They don't have that strategy. But when you are com- compassionate, when you c- suffer with others, when you go through their pains, you become even more like self-compassionate where you go through pain. And uh, it, it is proven that not only it releases good hormones like oxytocin and endorphins, but also it, it's like responsible for a better global health, fewer physical symptoms, greater immune function, fewer stress hormones, better metabolism, and cardiovascular fitness. And also it is associated with better sleep, improved functioning of the immune system, and a much better response to infections. Yeah. And I'm like, how come we don't teach compassion? I'm like, if it's so good for our health, why don't we teach com- compassion? Why don't we teach our medical providers compassion? Um, why don't we teach kids compassion? Nowadays, we're finding that more p- uh, kids are st- 
paying on their phones, so-called sitting disease with their phones, and they live in their own world. And when they start socializing with other kids, they don't know, they, they don't have those skills, social skills, and they start feeling very inadequate. So they start having anxiety and depression. I didn't know what's anxiety and depression until I reached like 16, 17 years of age. But nowadays, anybody, any child I ask if they're depressed or anxious during part of the physical exam, they say they know what it means. Why? Because we bring more awareness to that. And it is because our kids are growing in a so-called pandemic that's affected by the technology and having less and less social skills. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting down anybody. This is what we just see in the latest years, that more and more kids are suffering from anxiety and depression. But compassion is the antidote. If we teach our kids compassion, they will not have difficulty socializing because they will look for ways how they can help others. And when you build that in each other, then it will be beautiful. Then we don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be depressed because it will boost our immune system. And of course, it will give us some coping strategies when something bad happens even to ourselves. You know, I don't say that's always the case, but certainly that's very recommendable. I would like to teach my patients compassion. And I certainly will incorporate that in my medical visits. Well, so what are the side, um, the adverse side effects of Mm -hmm. being compassionate. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, So we, as humans, we have a lot of bias, biases. We don't think we have them, but but we do. In my university, we had to do a lot of testing to see what bias we have. And if you ask me, I'm not a racist. I'm 100% not a racist. I I like all type of races. And um, I, you know, I'm multicultural, travel the whole world. But when I did the test implicitly, I was um, biased. Yeah. Explicitly, no, but implicitly, like on subconscious level, I Mm -hmm. was. And that's something that you cultivate with time, you know, you get it from your parents. And I was not only uh, biased to different races and cultures, but I was also biased to people that are a little bit overweight. Mm -hmm. And I was very surprised because or people that are um, sick. I was very surprised, and I w- those tests that we did, they were really eye-opening because we think that we are different, and then on subconscious level, we are not. Mm-hmm. And so um, having known that, it made me much more compassionate person. When I see somebody that's you know, you know, very sick, somebody that's overweight, somebody different culture, I try deliberately to show more compassion because I am aware that I have those biases. And there was a study that it was done um, in uh, in uh, Princeton that says that if uh, somebody is having like a heart, a cut on their arm, mm-hmm. white people feel more the pain of white people, and black people feel more the pain of black people. So somehow we have more like empathy response to people the same race. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be like that, but this is you know we have very inbuilt implicit biases towards others and it's it is very sad so this is one of the enemy of compassion Mm -hmm. that we don't know how biased we are until we are challenged to that yeah i think it's interesting too that there are studies about that because i i don't think anybody would willingly say yeah i have biases 
um, even subconsciously because then it makes you seem almost like like a different kind of person and then that also affects how other people see you you know what I'm saying right but then being able to acknowledge that and then saying okay I'm gonna be more compassionate based on this test because you know that the test has been proven I just think I think that's a really good way to approach that it is very good yeah. like there are 25 tests if you want to find out there are 25? If, if you, yes if okay. you want to find out if you are you know prejudiced towards different people than you mm-hmm. uh, please do it be mindful of that and yeah. if and if you score you know subconsciously that you are uh, do something about it yeah right so only 162 years ago the US Supreme Court ruled against the black slave Dred Scott when he appealed to the court for his freedom. Can you imagine, at that time, the Chief Justice Roger Taney said that blacks could never become citizens, that the Declaration of Independence statement that all men are created equal didn't apply to blacks because they weren't men and that black people could be bought and sold and treated as an ordinary article of merchandise and traffic whenever profit could be made. It is horrendous. It is horrible that, you know, you can even dare that the Declaration of Independence is not correct when it comes to that. We are full of prejudices. Did you know that in 1904 there was a human being in the Bronx Zoo? That it, yes. Why did they do that? Because they told that he's the missing link between a monkey and between humans. And that was a pygmy from Congo. It, uh, his name was Otabenga. He was in the zoo. He was a human. And he was in the zoo because this is how, you know, others were viewing him. It was terrible. He committed suicide. He could not bear that, that he didn't feel, he felt like less than a human. We have done horrible things. You know, that's the opposite of compassion. It is. All the biases that we have. And, and we have those societal Com, uh, you know biases okay mm-hmm. don't do that Be- yeah. because if you do that you know you might affect yourself and another one is the self-referencing like have you felt sometimes when somebody does something embarrassing and you feel the embarrassment for them and you kind of want to disappear from them because it's like too much for you to handle yeah and so it, it comes a point that if you feel that way Rather than feeling like, wow, I feel so bad for that person, but I want to go and help that person not to feel that bad because I feel I know how bad that person feels right now. Um, That's another enemy of compassion, you know, just not to want to even share the shame because like that's way too much. And we talk about shame in some other chapters and we know that shame, the antidote of shame is courage and Make it as a point that if you see somebody that being embarrassed, sympathize with them. Mm-hmm. It's not nice to be there. And we've always been embarrassed by dif- difficult, different situations, right? Feel for that person. Sometimes if you have colleagues that you see that they don't perform as good, check on them. Say like, hey, is everything all right? Check on your colleagues. Check on your neighbors, you know, sometimes we, when somebody struggles, we, we think that, oh, maybe that person is struggling because 
you know, God is kind of a showing them how wrong they were, mm. and, right? And and we don't feel that uh, we, we are more judgmental than really caring for others. Check on your neighbors. Difficult thing, people are going through so many things. Sure. Check on your patients. Check on uh, your, your brothers and sisters. Check on your church members. Check on your colleagues. Check on others. We, we, we are all vulnerable. We all struggle in this life. Let's support each other. And let's talk a little bit about compassion fatigue before the break comes, because it's very important. It says that um, this well-known phenomenon affects people in helping professions, and it can lead to extreme burnout. Among other important preventatives, emotional boundary setting become essential to helpers. Empathy appears to come in a limited, exhaustible supply that we must respect, constantly recharging at the feet of Jesus. Yes, if you have more compassion, you will burn out more often. But if you recharge yourself from a higher power, you might not even experience a deficit in that. You, you can be recharged constantly. You know, okay, I was about to give an example, but I can hold to that after the break okay so we'll go ahead and go to the break um we've only got about 15 minutes left so if you've got a question and you want to ask go ahead and call it in you can call us on guam at 671-472-1111 that's 671-472-1111 in the cnmi call us at 670-323-1113 that's 670-323-1113 Send us a message via text, via WhatsApp, via Signal. 671-686-9999. That's 671-686-9999. It's free from the CNMI. And if you're tuned in via Facebook, go ahead and leave a comment or question in the comment section below or send it to us via Messenger. And we'll get back to you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break. We're all insecure, or at least we should be. Let me explain. Some feel insecure, but some understand that apart from Jesus, they are insecure. There will always be things we can't control and cause us concern. If we've never admitted it before, we'd just like to say we're insecure without Jesus. He meets our needs, and you help through regular giving and prayer. Insecurity always invites us to get closer to Jesus. Walk with us. From Joy FM, Family-friendly radio, joyfmradio.net. You know, the Bible often compares people to sheep, and with good reason. Like sheep, we're easily distracted. We don't pay attention to the dangers around us. We don't have much in the way of natural defenses, and we tend to wander away from the safety and care of the shepherd. But consider this, sheep have been instrumental throughout history as a source of provision because God outfitted them with a vitally important resource. For millennia, wool has been an integral part of daily life in many societies. It's a highly practical, multifunctional substance. It's extremely durable, flame resistant, and pulls moisture into the core of the fiber so it doesn't feel wet to the wearer. Wool is amazingly versatile, and its uses have extended around the world. So yeah, we may be like the sheep on one hand, but on the other, God has equipped us with amazing talent and abilities that can impact the world for him. We're functional even though we're sheep. 
So next time you're feeling a little, you know, sheepish or down on yourself, remember God still uses you. Just a little encouragement. From Joy FM, family-friendly radio. JoyFMRadio.net. And we're back with more Total Health. Give us a call with your medical questions. Number to call in Guam is 472-1111. If you're in the seat of mind, the number to call is 323-1113. Or you can text or WhatsApp us at 686-9999. Now back to the program. Hafideh and welcome back to Total Health Live. My name is Rose Trina and I'm here in the studio with Elena Tanova, nurse practitioner. And before we went to break, we were actually talking about compassion fatigue, but you brought up an interesting point because you said that there's a way to avoid burnout. Yes, the way to avoid burnout is to embrace the burnout Mm. and know that there is power from above that can recharge you back. You know, we always say, how do you see the glass, half full or half empty? But the truth is that all of us, we are a bottle of water. And once we pour and pour and pour, we become empty. And unless something is poured out in us, it's just very difficult to give it, right? Mm -hmm. And so it is very important that we get compassion ourselves it can come from us it we can it can come from god it can come from others and that's why it's so important that we share love with others because you don't know if anybody's on their last drop right yeah that they have really hit the bottom and that they might need exactly right now that you may recharge them with your love and with your care with your compassion And so I heard that story of a guy that he's very good. He talks about burnout and how burnout is good. And, you know, nowadays you you look for a good thing in everything. But burnout, like what good can there be in burnout? Like you're in your last stretch. You're working days and nights. You haven't slept. You haven't seen any result of all your efforts. And uh, like people come, steal your time. You know, steal your energy for this or that, and then you're not able and not productive. What good there can be in burnout? And so he he posed that question in a very big audience, and none none of us could come with an answer. He said, I'm going to give you the answer. The answer is, only people that care burn out. You've said that before. Have I? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. So only if you burn out, like only if you care for somebody, you will burn out. Yeah. But it's still the best way to go. And so when they addressed that to him and one woman said, she's like, not only my bottle of water is empty, but it's like, you know, the sticker outside is like smashed. It's like all like almost ripped out. And like me, I'm like laying on the street and the 10 trucks have passed over me, walked back and forth. And this is what I am. This is how burnout is making me. You know, he looked at her. You know what his answer was? You can always be recycled. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No matter what we're going through, we can always be recycled. No matter how much we pour out to others, God will find a way to supply it. We have to be trustful. We have to believe that he has his ways to replenish us. You know, get up, get us up again, and so we can walk like with even a more highly elevated head forward. That's such a unique way to look at it, too, because when you're recycled, it's like you're made new. Exactly. Wow. You can always be made new, even if, you know, 
<laughs> your bottle has been empty for a long time. Nobody has put any drop there. You can do that for yourself. You can have practice some self-compassion for yourself, even if you don't get it from anywhere. And believe us, and believe God has compassion for you. The yeah. Bible is full of verses in which God really has compassion for his kids. And, you know, there are many verses that we are like, cry out to we are crying out to God like hey God hear my cry hear my voice that's Psalm 27 7 where it says the righteous cry out and the Lord hears in Psalm 34 17 then another Psalm says I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed so when we are burning out when we can't really continue forward cry out to God how I have seen it in the past year, especially when I was taking care of COVID patients, like so unsuccessfully, and I witnessed so much that it, it was like so bad that I was like, God, when is this going to stop? But once in a while, somebody will come and thank me for saving their life, you know, yeah. and that will keep me stronger to continue again to go back to work and, you know, face again the situation. And once in a while, I'll see some fruit of my labor mm -hmm. you know you don't see it all the time most of the time we're blinded because we're so focused on what we you know we are expected to be doing but once in a while something will come that will like promote this compassion that you have and you will feel like i want to do it and i want to do it more and back to our story with nicole nicole really embraced suffering and she realized that trauma creates a neurological and emotional basis for a life of compassion. Right. You will never think that trauma is something good. Yeah. But because she came out of this trauma, she realizes that this was the basis of her life of compassion. And the answer about trauma might surprise us. It is the most reliable route to compassion is through your own journey of suffering. So I went through something. I finished. Now I can help somebody else. But in some cases, you, there are some people who haven't completely healed from their trauma, but they still have like the effort to reach out and help somebody else. That's the right way to do it. You know, when we go through trauma, initially we can be become bitter. Yeah. I become bitter when something bad happens to me. I start questioning. I even challenge God for that. I go through the stages of bitterness until God turns it into stages of betterment. You decide to be bitter, decide to be better. And don't beat up yourself. Like we are, fa we are faced on a daily basis with horrible things that you can't really make sense out of it. Many times we don't understand God and we think that, you know, God might be against us that is not helping us. But God is for us. He already has a plan. And one day we will see it. He's working on every single situation that we have. Uh, God is not good only when we don't understand him. But one day we will understand that everything really worked out for good. Of course, terrible things happen to us, that God never wanted those things to happen to us. There is another power that works against us. We forget about the darkness. We always blame God for everything. But there is a controversy, a great controversy on this earth between good and evil and we're just in the middle of that yeah but god is powerful to turn any situation even a trauma that nicole went through makes her so good to help millions of people that are survivor abusers 
And the only way to have this deep, sincere compassion is your own journey of suffering. My own journey of suffering made me more compassionate to others. And when I hear their needs, they're my needs. You know, of course, I am not God. God is the only one that can carry everything. <laughs> I could not do it, but I can ask and borrow some power from him that I can help somebody allevi alleviate at least a little bit of their pain. There was a story in Sabbath School that says that Amy Carmichael took kids with her to the, uh, to the local shop that they were making some vessels. And she was looking at the man that was doing all the, the potter that he was like working very seriously on the vessels. And she would see that he would take a vessel out of the oven. Mm -hmm. And if it is not very clean and pure, we'll mix some mud with some herbs and we'll start polishing that vessel and then put it back into the fire, but then increase the temperature. And she was like, wow, how do you know that the vessel is good? He said, if I can see my face in it. So how do we know we are good for heaven? Because you can see God's face. In wow. us. And in order for us to go to understand him, we have to go through what he went. And that's why he's so great, because he went through so much suffering. He has so much compassion for us. Why do we spare our compassion to others? It says, Nicole is a crazy woman. She says, I, yes, I am crazy. I'm compassionately crazy for others. We can do that too, Rosie. This world needs compassionate people. doesn't need to reach people anymore. Smart people, beautiful people. The world needs compassionate people and crazy compassionate. Thank you, Elena. Well, that's the music, but we do have a few more minutes. Is there anything that you would like to say or maybe read to wrap up today's show? Yes, we do have many Bible verses that um, God had given us that he has shown us that he is the author of compassion. He's our heavenly father, that there is no tear that we shed that he doesn't see it. Maybe you can help me with some of those Bible verses. Okay, I can read a few. Um, in Isaiah chapter 49 verse 15 says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I, God, yet God will not forget you. Jeremiah 12 verse 15 says, Then it shall be after I have plucked them out that I will return and have compassion on them and bring them back, everyone to his heritage and everyone to his land. And Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says, Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His compassion fails not. Amen. Ours shouldn't as well with his strength. Elena, thank you for today and thank you as well to our listeners. Tune in again next week Wednesday for more Total Health Live. Um, if you want to see parts 1 through 7 of what we've done so far with 13 Weeks to Joy, just scroll through the videos on our Facebook page. We'll see you again Be sure week. to check with your doctors before making any sudden life changes discussed today. Total Health is brought to you in partnership with Guam Seven-Day Adventist Clinic, where health is their mission. We look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Thank you and see Jewess Masi for listening to Total Health right here on Joy FM.